Hey everyone, it's Chip Mitchell. I'm WBZ's West Side Bureau reporter. It's time for a series we call Curious City. It's where we answer your questions about Chicago, the region, its people, and this time, its neighborhoods. Our city has a pair of neighborhoods with the largest concentration of Latinos in the Midwest. I'm talking about Pilsen and Little Village. The roots may seem deep, but the neighborhoods became majority Latino not that long ago. I'll tell you all about it just ahead. WBEZ's Curious City is supported by The Chopping Block, Chicago's premier recreational cooking school, offering boot camps, intensive five-day courses at the Merchandise Mart Mirror Professional Culinary School without the commitment. Information, registration, and gift cards at thechoppingblock.com. And by Dover, a diversified global manufacturer committed to delivering product innovation and customer service in the energy, engineered systems, fluids, and refrigeration and food equipment markets. More at DoverCorporation.com. Who is the... What is going to be... When... Where, where do I... Why is it... How many... What is the... What? <laughs> Welcome to Curious City. I'm Chip Mitchell. With me now at WBZ's West Side Bureau is our curious citizen, the listener <laughs> who asked the question I'm going to answer. Hello, I am CM Winters Palacio. So, CM, let's hear the question. All right, so I wanted to know why are Latinos concentrated in both Pilsen and Little Village, and when did it happen? Okay, well, we're going to get you your answer. But first, tell me why you wanted to know in the first place. I'm really interested in how communities grow and develop, especially looking at, you know, I live on the south side in Auburn Gresham. We're similarly working class neighborhoods, and I'm wondering if we both have some similar historical roots as far as segregation. So the best question to start with is, when did it happen and why? And then to see if there are some lessons to be learned from there, because, you know, we're both strong communities. You're talking about African-Americans. African-Americans and and Latino communities. But if you drive through Little Village or Pilsen, it's thriving. Little local stores, which I have shopped in and, you know, on the way home, like, yeah, I got my groceries, I'm good. When you go on the south side, it's a totally different experience. Okay, well, Sam, let me answer the when part of your question right off the bat. Okay. Chicago's first big group of Latinos started moving in during World War I, and this continued through the 1920s. One of the places these folks settled was an area called the Near West Side. It was nice and close to a lot of factory and railroad jobs. And see, um, this Mexican enclave took shape almost a half century before Latinos ever became the majority in Pilsen and Little Village. Those neighborhoods did not become mostly Latino until the 60s and 70s. Oh, really? Huh. All right, so how did it all come about then? Because I guess... I guess Is this in, later than you thought? It's a lot later than I thought to be, you know, it's a lot later than I thought. Hmm. So for the why part of your question, why Latinos congregated in Pilsen and Little Village, I decided to go straight to the source. Lucy Gutierrez was one of the first Latinos to move into those neighborhoods. She was born in 1927, 40 miles west of the city in Aurora. I was three years old when we came to Chicago. Her family laid roots in that first Latino neighborhood, the near west side. Halsted and Taylor, right in the heart of it. Oh, where UIC is at now. Right, the University of Illinois at Chicago. Gutierrez met her husband there, and they had kids. And they eventually managed to buy a tavern in the neighborhood and even a small apartment building. I can tell you, they were happy times. We had a little grocery store down in the basement next door. The dances in Bowen Hall. We had Harry's, where you can buy a pair of shoes for two bucks. The fruit stand and the sock guy. (laughs) 
I think it was 25 cents a bundle or 50 cents a bundle. Hot dog stands, Maxwell Street, the weekly flea market. Gutierrez loved it. They had such good bands out in Maxwell Street. The blues, mm-hmm. Everybody was out there Sundays. And right across the alley from her family's apartment was Hull House, the place Jane Adams founded. It had activities and programs for all ages. The whole family participated, enjoyed themselves, and were safe playing with other kids. There was no such thing as that one is a Mexican family, that's an Italian family, that's a Polish family. Everybody was the same. So they were, they were a thriving community. Yeah. Huh. But then City Hall swept a lot of the near west side away. The expressway came in, knocked all those houses down. And then the university bought up our property. We all got a slap in the face. We were nothing. So they just eject Mexicans out of the space? Pretty much. And a bunch of Italians, too. They were the biggest ethnic group there. Nobody survived. Mm-mm. At the same time, something was happening just south of the near west side in a neighborhood known as Pilsen. For decades, this place had been home to Poles, Bohemians, and many other folks with family roots in Central and Eastern Europe. But after World War II, things start to change. The GI Bill is making it possible for people to buy single-family homes. Deborah Cantor's an historian at Albion College in Michigan. There's all the new home construction in new neighborhoods on the edge of the city as well as the suburbs. Many of Pilsen's white folks in the 50s want to leave the neighborhoods cramped two flats and three flats. And there are new factories opening up in the suburbs, so their jobs may be located not so much around Pilsen anymore. Cantor says the same thing was happening in white neighborhoods across Chicago. Many of Pilsen's Catholic schools were having a hard time enrolling young students. Maybe the priests had baptized a bunch of Polish or Czech kids in 1950-51. But when it's time for these kids to go to kindergarten five years later, they're not there anymore. (laughs) And they have uh, bills they have to pay at these schools. So Mexican families at almost every Catholic school in the neighborhood find that the churches will take in their families. Right here. The other day, Gutierrez wanted to show me her family's first home in Pilsen. Right here. It's a two-story brick storefront on 18th, Pilsen's main drag. There's a place in back you don't see from the street. And that's the doorway to go into the apartment. Right from the alley here. Right from the alley. There was two bedrooms, and we had seven kids, nine of us all together. You squeezed nine people into a two-bedroom apartment? Yes, we did. And we did okay. Gutierrez says her family, all the Latinos moving into Pilsen, that they didn't always get a warm welcome from the white people who still lived in the neighborhood. Because they were so prejudiced. Oh, my God. Dirty Mexicans. Their kids would call. My kids spicks. Deborah Cantor, that historian, she says it was nothing like what African Americans often faced when they tried to move into white Chicago neighborhoods. I don't think there was much physical violence, but I think there were a lot of kind of quiet insults that happened. And I think there were, you know, some sort of sense of a second class inclusion into the neighborhood. And something else started happening in Pilsen in the 50s. Separate streams of Latinos began arriving from South Texas or directly from Mexico. 
some Puerto Ricans came in too. In the 60s, the Latinos kept coming, and the whites kept leaving. That surprised Gutierrez. I thought that it would be a mixture of the people that already lived here. But no, everything started changing so fast. Including the business owners. Next door used to be Frank and Tilly's Tavern. They turned around and sold to Mr. Lugo. Then it was La Cita. By the late 60s, Latinos in Pilsen were starting to find their voices. So with the construction... I met this historian, Lilia Fernandez. She's at Ohio State University. She has studied Pilsen for a long time. She brought me to an old L-shaped brick building constructed to serve Bohemian immigrants. It was a settlement house known as Howell House, not to be confused with Hull House, but Howell, H-O-W-E-L-L. It was started by the Presbyterian Church, and it was originally serving the middle or central European, eastern European immigrants that lived in this community. In 1969, Fernandez says, many young people in Pilsen were talking up their Mexican indigenous roots. They were identifying as Chicanos and becoming activists. For Howell House, they had some demands. Cultural services, more sensitive to Mexican-Americans, or reflected their heritage rather than just European-American. They also wanted more staff and, in fact, the director of Howell House to be a Chicano or Mexican-American. And finally, they changed the name, and it became Casa Aztlan. As Mexicans asserted themselves in Pilsen, Fernandez says their community spread west. Mexicans eventually reached Little Village. We're talking about west of not just Ashland, but a mile west of that, west of Western, and all the way to Pulaski. Right, exactly. Little Village was really known as the Mexican suburbs for a lot of folks because the housing stock there was better. Many more bungalows, you see many more yards than you do here in Pilsen. Even as they settled in the real suburbs, Pilsen remained the port of entry for Latino immigrants. Especially undocumented immigrants. Nobody even cared if you had papers or not. Lucy Gutierrez has lived on the same block since arriving in Pilsen 55 years ago when it was mostly white. She's seen changes, including some gentrification lately. But Gutierrez says she's not going anywhere. I like my neighborhood. So, CM, you asked WBZ's Curious City why Latinos ended up in Chicago's Pilsen and Little Village neighborhoods and when that took place. And now we've laid out some of that history. What do you think? Mm. You could say it's a relatively new neighborhood. To me, what it does is it helps to dispel one of the myths is it's a community with long historical roots. Because when you tell me that this just happened, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, it's like saying it just happened. It's not like it's been around since the 1800s or the early 1900s. You were hoping there were some lessons from Pilsen and Little Village for folks in your part of town, the south side. You see any? You can build community anywhere. Yeah, and quickly. Yeah. CM Winters Palacio, thanks for the question. Stop by our Westside Bureau again. Okay. (laughs) I'm Chip Mitchell. I reported this story. The editor was Derek John. Curious City is produced by Jennifer Brandel, WBEZ, and AIR. Support comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism. Hey, everyone, you've got to check out our website. 
We've got some great original illustrations for the story by Chicago artist Eric Rodriguez. That's wbez.org slash Curious City. 